0: Hi everybody, welcome to the fourth episode of Mind and Clay, a podcast about pottery and mental health. I'm your host Elisa. Recently I've written a book, Mental Healing Through Clay, A Journey to Self-Acceptance and Stress Relief. It is available on Amazon. To start this journey of making podcasts, I read some chapters of my book to ease the awkwardness of making recordings of my own voice for an invisible podcast audience. Today, I'll read out to you chapter five, some tiny Japanese influences in my life with huge impact. In 2017, my hubby and I visited Japan. My husband and I love to travel once a year, provided there is no pandemic threatening the world's public health just the two of us for a week of two. We started traveling years ago, when during the summer breaks, the children spent time with their grandparents, aunts and cousins in Italy. While at first I was quite reluctant and I felt guilty about leaving the children for an extended amount of time, I later started to appreciate the moments my husband and I spent traveling as a couple. It is time spent with a purpose, reinvigorating and strengthening our relationship as husband and wife. Time to talk, to reflect, to enjoy each other's company and to keep in touch and connect in a profound way with each other. The family as a whole benefits from such a strong relationship between its founding members too. While the children had great fun spending time with our family in Italy and we travelled, doing endless sightseeing, living new experiences and learning about different cultures and tasting exotic fruit. When possible, we'll resume our travels when COVID has stopped threatening the people around the globe. Um, Where was I? Oh yes, getting back to our journey to Japan. For me, this resulted in being a real life-changing event. Even though we stayed only two weeks, and I do not claim at all to be an expert of Japanese culture, I learned that the cultural differences with Western countries are enormous. While our society is very individualistic and increasingly disrespectful of others people's interests, the Japanese society is centered on the common good. The Japanese way of approaching others is very formal and respectful. They give huge importance to procedures, public spaces and goods. They are extremely clean, collectively organized and punctual. While our homes and lives seem mostly cluttered with unnecessary things, well mine is, even though I'm trying to improve, Japanese typical interiors Are more essential and minimalistic. I was amazed to see that Japanese people are incredibly appreciative of the craftsmanship and skill with which, for instance, a piece of common functional pottery is made, or the calligraphy with which a scroll is written. If you have some knowledge about the Japanese tea ceremony you'll understand what I mean. I have been told that the Japanese language is full of nuances which are unknown to our Western idioms, and Japanese philosophy contemplates and appreciates the fleeting character of time. They appreciate the seasons, each for its qualities. Confucianism and Buddhism have a deep influence on Japanese culture. Their art is rooted in the wabi-sabi concept, which reveres simplicity and elegance as Japanese ideals of beauty. Traditional architecture seems simple as it emphasizes the empty space, lack of ornamentation, and the use of quiet and subdued colors. The concept of wabi-sabi also wants to capture the beauty that is found in transcience and impermanence. These same concepts are also seen and are recognizable in the Japanese design of pottery. The Japanese people are connected in a profound way to nature and adapt themselves to its rhythms, while we, in the West, are trying to adapt nature and our surroundings to us, provoking substantial damage not only to nature, but also to ourselves. Adaptability is also a key concept in their culture. Japan suffers quite extreme conditions with cold winters, hot summers, and rainy seasons. There is always the chance of a natural disaster, such as an earthquake, a hurricane, or a tsunami. But instead of struggling with it, they accept the uncertainty and lurking menace in the overall big picture of life. Good things or moments do not last forever, and the more you embrace the fleeting character of everything and prepare for tough times, the easier it is to live through them. While visiting Japanese potteries I noticed another difference with our culture, where industry and profit almost pushed away craft and artistic schooling into being a non-essential and mostly frivolous activity. I also noticed a genuine pride for their crafts and skills and the importance they give to all aspects of the making, This starts from taking into consideration the use of the piece, the context in which it will be displayed. It gives importance to the weight of the piece, the finish, the use of the materials and the way it fits in the user's hands. The potter also appreciates the aleatory influences that the firing has on the ceramic piece, the presentation and finally the packaging. In addition, I think it is moving to see the high regard they have for providing an all-round satisfactory service to their clients. The importance of my experience in Japan on my way to self-acceptance and healing is in the discovery of a philosophy of life that is radically different compared to our Western culture. It offers an approach to life that is in touch with nature embraces imperfection, encourages adaptability to change, acceptance, and values passionate craftsmanship. Those principles have been cornerstones in the process of building the new me. This was chapter 5 of my book. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it and it will give you food for thought. Thank you and seeing the next time.